Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, today's going to feel today's podcast is going to feel a bit like a uh, Bible school class. I'm going to talk today about your spirit, your soul, and your body. This may end up being a two-part class or a two-part uh, podcast, but we're going to lay the foundation. For me, this has been one of the things that I've noticed in God's Word, which has actually uh, helped me the most with my relationship and my walk with God. So I'm going to lay some foundation for some, I think, things that are critical to understand as a believer. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing we need to know is that man is three parts. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Uh, A commonplace belief in the world today is that man is two parts, a soul and a body, and that there is no spirit. They want to deny the uh, spiritual side of things. They want to deny, which is ultimately your soul's eternal too, but they want to deny that part that lives forever. And that's why it doesn't line up with evolution to have a soul or, and a spirit that live forever. It's supposed to be, hey, when you die, it's fade to black. But man is eternal. The Bible says that God created man in his image. Um, and so when God created man, he didn't make him, all right, man's going to live for a hundred years or a thousand years. Man was then, the moment he was made, he was made to last forever. So man is three parts. First of all, the body um, of man is the earth suit. It's the container or shell that houses your spirit and soul. You are not your body. Your body is simply the clothing to the real you. You need your body to live on earth. The reason why God sent his son in, in the likeness of human flesh was so that he could be a legal sacrifice. The Bible talks about in John chapter um, 10, it says the thief comes in but he doesn't come in the right way. It's the thief that doesn't come in through the gate. He climbs over the fence. The the devil never came in a body, right? He has to possess people, but he's here illegally, right? Because he came in, Jesus came in legally through a body, um, a human body, not of born of sinful nature, born of the virgin, um, but came in legally. The shepherd came in through the door, right? It's a little side note there. Your body has five senses, Uh, The body was formed from the dust and goes back to the dust at death. So your body is temporary. Genesis 3.19 says, In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return unto the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. There's a couple little uh, other ways that the Bible puts the the terminology for flesh, and it's important to see this because you'll see it all throughout the New Testament. Um, uh, So body is one way to put it, uh, mortal flesh or flesh, earthen vessel. There's a scripture that says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, um, uh, obviously giving note to the fact that God created us from dust and earthen vessels are made of clay, right? Um, your members is talking about your body. It's our earthly tabernacle. Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle will dissolve, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Um, we know that the Bible calls this flesh corruptible, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. It's also known as our outward man. Second Corinthians 4.16, for though our outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. So that's our body. Um, the second part is our soul. It's our mental faculties. It's our mind along with our will and our emotions. It's where our mood comes from, our feelings come from. Um, it's, uh, I'm not going to go into the Greek and the Hebrews, but uh, it's the part that thinks, right? The soul thinks. Uh, man's 
spirit is his true self. It's who you are. Uh, before a relationship with Christ, your spirit is said to be dead. This isn't dead as in like it's been destroyed, but dead as in separated from God. Let's let's take a look here. First of all, um, uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So your soul and spirit are joined together, and, uh, and the word of God is something that can separate the two. Um, and of the joints of Aaron is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The uh, Adam, it says in the... Uh, it says in the um, the in Genesis two seven it says and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Um, so when God created man, he used dust and he formed man and he breathed into his nostrils. That word breath of life is actually the same word for spirit. So man became a living soul. So there's the three parts. There's the body, there's the spirit that came in, and when, with, the birth of the, with the spirit going in, the spirit of man going in, the soul of man came into place as well. So let's take a step back into the garden. Here you have God who creates Adam, and he, puts a, uh, he makes him a living soul, the Bible says. And, God, and it says that he had communion with God, that God communed with him. So this is what God's view on things. And a lot of times the wording in the Bible can be interesting because it's, it's God breathed, right? It's God inspired. So when God says death, it actually isn't like physical death. Like you didn't, Adam didn't die the moment he sinned, but he died in that it was separation from God. That lets you in on an interesting secret. God is saying, if you don't know me, you haven't started living yet. For all the people out there who are not born again Christians, they haven't even, they're not even alive. Their spirit is dead, right? They still have a spirit. It still functions, but it's dead because it can't be called life if it's life without God. But anyway, so we have, we have Adam who's in, who's in the, uh, the garden and he has communion with God. And so God made man to be dominated by his spirit that was that where God led him. God doesn't deal with our minds. And this is um, maybe point number one of, of an important thing to understand is God doesn't deal with your minds or with your flesh. God deals with your spirit. Your mind gets renewed to the word. So it is a work of God ultimately that happens, but God speaks to your spirit. A word that's interchangeable in the Bible with spirit is the word heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's actually the word soul, just so you know there. But um, uh, the, uh, um, as the heart is the part of us that's our true self. It's our spirit. So when the Bible actually says at the new birth, it says in um, uh, Ezekiel eleven nineteen, and I'll give them one heart and a new spirit I'll put within them. I'll remove the heart of stone from their flesh and I'll give them a heart of flesh. That's the part that God speaks to us. So if someone, I remember when I was listening, when I was living in Utah and the leader of the Mormon church, and it's a cult, it's not a Christian church, he said, um, God impressed upon my mind. First of all, God doesn't talk to anyone's mind. God speaks to your spirit. Your spirit is that what communicates with God. And that's why the baptism of the Holy Ghost is important. So this is where we're getting into some of the, the finer details, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost is important because you have a, you can pray in English. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this. You can actually pray inspired prayers out of your spirit, but your prayer language is from your spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, um, well, let's take a step back before we go there. Let's go to, uh, let's go to salvation. So when, when before the fall of man, the spirit of man was in union and had communion with God, it was the most dominant part. Man was controlled, um, uh, before the fall, man was controlled by his spirit and he controlled his flesh and his soul, his will, 
and his emotions through his spirit. His spirit was the most dominant part, and it was the part that had communion with God. When Adam sinned, man's spirit died in that it was separated from God. Man then became dominated by his soul and his flesh, and sin was in his flesh. And so his emotions, his fleshly lusts now control him. If you look at Mark chapter 4, it talks about the lust of the, fl- the, fl- the, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, right? It's all things that are outside. So sinners can't help but sin because they're not controlled by their spirit. They're not bringing... That's why one of the gifts of the Spirit is self-control. We can control our fleshly desires by our spirit. That's why being born again is the only way actually to live a life free from sin is because you can then put your flesh under submission to your spirit. So we'll talk about that more in a second. Man's emotions, his fleshly lusts now control him. His spirit is separated from God. It was always intended that God would counsel and direct man through his human spirit. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, not the mind of man, not the flesh of man, the spirit of man, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So man's heart was separated from God and became dominated by a wicked heart and given over to the desires of his flesh. Man's heart became corrupted. So that's what happened at the fall. When you were born onto planet earth, you didn't have a hope of living a spotless life because your heart was corrupted. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, when you get born again, you don't still have that same heart. Another one in Ezekiel says, Ezekiel 36, 26, and I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I'll put within you and I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. It's, a, it's practically the same one as Ezekiel eleven nine, Matthew thirteen fifteen. for this people's heart has grown callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. The reason people don't receive their go- the gospel is because their heart is closed. God speaks to their heart. When the word of God is preached, you're not preaching to man's heads. Yes, Christians, your mind can be renewed and it's part of it. But when someone's going to receive salvation, the word hits their heart. So when you minister, you minister actually to spirits. You minister to fallen spirits who then hear the truth of the gospel. The Bible is the only word of God that's actually inspired. And so that's why it's the only book on planet earth that will hit men's spirits because it's, it's spirit. It's given, Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. Someone, you can read a book about psychology and it's speaking to minds. It's speaking to brains. It's not speaking to the spirit of man. Only the word of God does that. So God gives you a new spirit. Then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside our human spirit, and that makes us alive. You know, this is when we talk about, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God actually gives you a new heart. It's the craziest thing, and that's why you, you, you have to think about these things. Man, I'm a new creature. I'm not who I was. When you got born again, sure, your body didn't change. You didn't, that's why in the Bible, that guy had such a tough time understanding what Jesus was saying. How can I enter back into my mother's womb and be born again? But he's saying, I'm not talking about fleshly things. I'm talking about spiritual things. When you get born again, your spirit is actually made new. You're given a new spirit. And so the sin that you had isn't you. It's not yours. It's, it's, it's forgiven. It's not you. It's somebody else. Um, that part of your life is washed away, right? So you get a new heart. And so you, you can boldly say, I'm a new creature because you received Jesus, right? And the blood of Jesus wa- uh, washes you clean. Um, so Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, and you has he quickened who were dead 
were you actually dead? Well, you know, you were walking around, you were, you were talking, you were doing everything living people do, but you were dead spiritually, which means separated from God. And you has he quickened who were dead spiritually in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. So here you have, where were the desires from? They were from the flesh, which is your body. They were from the mind, right? It was a, it was a nature that we had in us that God had to change. Hopefully you guys are following, uh, tracking with me. You may need to go back and listen to this for it all to make, to sen- make sense if you haven't studied these things out. It says, and we're by nature children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even we were when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together. That means made us alive together with Christ by grace you're saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. So it's talking about our spirit man. When we get born again, we get a new spirit, a new heart. And that's the part that's free from sin. That part, the Bible actually says, has been sealed by the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? What does sealed mean? Well, sealed has three meanings. It means it's been stamped with the approval of it. It shows that it's authentic, right? If something's got a seal, this is an authentic. God is saying, yes, this is my child. You're stamped with the authenticity of being the child of God. Can I get an amen? You, you've been stamped, you've been sealed, and that you've been clothed, closed up, right? That spirit has been sealed. The Bible says in Revelation that the devil will be thrown into a pit for a thousand years and the pit will be sealed, it'll be closed up. What does that mean? That means that the devil can't come in of his own accord with against your will and just take you over. Demons can't come and just possess you without your consent. They can't, you can't be sleeping and be like, you don't have to be nervous. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It seals you. You've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. The devil can't just come in. An outside force can't just come in and take your salvation away from you. You need not be nervous that you'll use, lose your salvation unless you're choosing to live in sin. You've been sealed by the Spirit of God, right? So we've been sealed. We've been marked. We've been stamped. We've been shown as authentic authentic um, uh, children of God. And so God has given us a new spirit. And so when we have any communication with God, it's through that spirit. What happens though, a lot of people, um, when you get born again, you get a new heart. It's unaffected by the nature of Adam. Uh, A lot of people don't ever renew their minds. So they've got a spirit that wants to serve God, that loves God, that loves the Lord. But then they've got minds that are still unrenewed. You know, your body, this is what happens. This is why people get stuck in sin. Your spirit is new. Your spirit doesn't want to sin. Your spirit wants to please God. You know, you as a Christian actually have a heart, a spirit on the inside of you that wants to please God, but you let your mind do all the talking and you let your flesh do all the talking. So your spirit hates sin. It has a hatred for sin. Your flesh still just remembers the good taste, the pleasurable taste of sin, right? And so people don't ever put their spirit, um, take dominion over their flesh by their spirit. So when, we, when God speaks to us, it's our spirit, it's to our inner man, it's to our heart. And so there comes a knowing on the inside of us that God is leading us. When we get baptized into the Holy Spirit, we pray in tongues that prayer language is of our spirit, it's not of our mind. As Christians, we are to renew our mind. We're to bend our will as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane and make our emotions submit to who we are as new creatures. When someone, when I see Christians go around and they're up and down emotionally, they're not living the life of the spirit because your spiritual man who you are in Christ, perfectly loved by God, needs to then have dominion over your, over your emotions. Your emotions are part of your soul. And so if people are up and down, up and down, emotional, I mean, and I understand people have gone through terrible things in their life. 
But what? You're a new creature. And so it's only by, by the word of God, making, putting your, your emotions, your will, your flesh under the authority of your spirit. The last example that I use before we end this, this podcast is when I go to fast, Bible talks about fasting and prayer. And so the, the, there'll be times where I'll, the Lord will put on my heart, hey, fast, fast for three days, whatever it is. And when I go to fast, the first thing I do, I wake up and I thank the Lord for the opportunity to obey his word. I thank you that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. And then I tell my body, I speak to my body and I say, body, I know you're not going to like this. I know you like food, but I'm not going to feed you. I'm going to treat you harshly today. And if you complain about it, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And if you complain about it, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. So I want you to know that you aren't me. You don't dictate what I do. You don't control me. I'm a, I'm a spirit. I have dominion over you. I'm a child of God. I'm righteous, and I'm a person who obeys the word of God. You are a spirit. You are perfect. God's not giving up on you. He sealed you. He plans on bringing you all the way. The Bible says he'll guide you with his counsel and afterwards receive you to his glory. But he wants to know that you're a spirit that's been sealed, that you've been, that you're perfectly loved. But understanding that you have a mind that needs to be renewed and a body that still has the remnants of sin in it, that's still trying to fight you, but it's in your power to mortify the deeds of the flesh and therefore please God. 